48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Pro-democracy activist Joshua Wong and three others have been given jail terms for attending the banned June the 4th candlelight vigil last year. Health officials have issued a new order for mandatory COVID tests for people who've been recently to Deepwater Bay Beach and a number of residents at a luxury apartment block in Pokfulam are defying a government decision to send them to a quarantine camp. Pro-democracy activist Joshua Wong and district councillors Lester Shum, Tiffany Yun and Janelle Leung have been jailed for up to 10 months for taking part in last year's banned June the 4th vigil. Damon Pang reports. Joshua Wong received 10 months behind bars, Lester Shum 6 months and the two women 4 months. They had pleaded guilty to gathering at Victoria Park last year to commemorate the victims of the massacre in Beijing in 1989. For the first time ever, authorities refused to grant permission for the annual candlelight vigil, citing the pandemic. Nevertheless, thousands of people turned up. District Court Judge Stanley Chen said there had been a potential risk of violence breaking out at the event, even though it passed off peacefully, as always. He said that with the 2019 unrest still lingering, the gathering of some 20,000 people on a special night like June the 4th meant emotions could have run high and unruly elements could have taken advantage of the situation. The judge dismissed the defense's argument that the defendants only played a passive role in the vigil, saying the four are political figures and had uploaded photos to social media showing they were taking part. Wong, Shum and Yun are also accused of breaching the national security law by holding primary polls to select logical candidates and they were already behind bars awaiting trial. Wong's prison sentence is to be served after he completes a four-month term over an unauthorized assembly in 2019. 22 other pro-democracy activists have also been charged over last year's vigil and are due in court next month. Two of them, Nathan Law and Sunny Jung, have fled Hong Kong. The vice chairwoman of the Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China, which organizes the annual vigil, Chao Hang Tung, expressed disappointment with the ruling. It is the government's responsibility to facilitate a peaceful assembly, to facilitate demonstration and assembly. And they have not done that. They just give you a blank ban, and if you disobey that, you got more than a year of imprisonment. That's not right at all, and that's not in accordance with international human rights principle. Health officials have issued a new order for mandatory COVID tests, this time involving people who've recently been to the beach. Priscilla Ng has details. The testing order covers anyone who was on Deepwater Bay Beach on April the 25th or May the 1st. Health officials say that on those two days, relatives of a woman infected with a more infectious strain of coronavirus gathered on the beach. The woman is a friend of a man who flew into Hong Kong from Dubai and was later found to have a variant of COVID with the N501Y mutation. Others who visited the beach on the same days must get a test by Saturday. Meanwhile, Hong Kong has reported two new infections, both imported cases involving people flying in from the Philippines and Indonesia. A number of residents of a luxury apartment block in Pokfulam have defied a government decision to send them to a quarantine camp. They called the arrangement flawed and said they'd be better off being isolated inside their own apartments. The government's decision yesterday came after a domestic worker living at the Royalton came down with highly infectious strains of the coronavirus. One of the residents staying put is Jonathan Cummings. He said residents had written a letter to the government demanding they be allowed to quarantine at home. 
it is unnecessary. You know, this building is standalone. You know, it, it's, it's not connected, so we're, we're isolated within the building. You know, there's many of the residents here are elderly, have special needs, many have children, etc., etc. So there is no logic, there's no need for families, elderly people with special needs to be transferred to live effectively in a porter cabin for three weeks um, when they be arguably, and I'm not a scientist, but less safe than they are staying here. Authorities said all 110 Royalton residents have tested negative for the coronavirus. The Department of Health has referred the death of a 46-year-old man to the expert committee looking into suspected vaccine-related clinical events. The man was found unconscious in his home yesterday and declared dead in hospital, a day after he complained of chest pain but did not seek medical advice. He took his second BioNTech jab eight days before his death. Health authorities say the man was a smoker with a history of hypertension and there's so far no clinical evidence indicating his death was caused by the vaccine. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. Authorities have put a public housing block in Chai Wan under lockdown from 9pm after a resident there tested preliminary positive for a mutant variant of the coronavirus. Residents of Fung Hing House in Hingwa Estate are required to undergo mandatory testing. The government says it aims to complete its operation by about 7am tomorrow morning. To other news now, an RTHK documentary about the Yunlong gang rampage in July 2019 has won another award, two weeks after one of its producers, Bao Choi, was convicted over her investigative work for the programme. There's also recognition in this year's Human Rights Press Awards for Nabella Koza, who's being let go by the broadcaster following complaints by pro-Beijing figures. Richard Pine reports. Organisers of the Human Rights Press Awards praise this year's entries for showcasing courage and original journalistic storytelling. Bao Choi's documentary 721 Who Owns the Truth, which was an episode of RTHK's Hong Kong Connection programme, was this year's Chinese language documentary prize. The judging panel calls it an investigative reporting classic and praised Ms Choi and five other producers for chasing the smallest clues and interrogating the powerful without fear or favour. Ms Choi was fined $6,000 last month after a court found her guilty of making false declarations while searching for the owners of cars believed to be linked to the mob violence in Yunlong. She is appealing against the conviction. In a tweet, she saluted all award winners and said the prize is a reminder to everyone to uphold their faith and principles. An entry by Joanne Wong from RTHK English News was also awarded a merit in the short video English category. Her report looked into how families in Hong Kong had been divided by the 2019 anti-government protests, with members unable to reconcile their conflicting political views. The government broadcaster collected five merits in addition to its win in the documentary category, with journalist Nabella Koser picking up two awards for videos she helped produce. The Yunlong documentary also took this year's Cam Yu Yu Press Freedom Award. However, RTHK will not be accepting any awards during a transition period, as a review of its operations is conducted by the new director of broadcasting, Patrick Lee. In March, organisers of the Human Rights Press Awards, said Mr Lee, had asked them to withdraw RTHK's entries in totality, but they said they were unable to comply with his request, as judging was already underway. There will be no awards ceremony this year for the Human Rights Press Awards because of the pandemic. 
The broadcaster's management in a new statement reiterated its stance on awards, adding that intellectual property rights of Radio Television Hong Kong programmes belong to RTHK. Meanwhile, an RTHK executive producer who heads the award-winning documentary programme Hong Kong Connection has resigned. Media reports say Paul Lee had proposed to management that the team pursue stories about the Tiananmen Square massacre on June the 4th, 1989 and the Yunlong mob attack on July the 21st, 2019. But it was said that management banned the ideas, saying the documentary show could only report on livelihood issues from now on. An RTHK spokesman says they will not comment on internal editorial matters and staff departures. The broadcaster insists RTHK is editorially independent under its charter, adding it hopes all sectors will respect its editorial decisions. Police from the National Security Department descended on a children's clothing shop in Chun Wan this afternoon. Officers cordoned off the Chicky Duck store at Hung Sing Street at around 5pm and searched the premises for nearly an hour. The store was known for displaying a statue of a female protester. The force says officers entered the store with a court warrant after receiving a complaint that a shop was suspected of violating the national security law. No one was arrested. The shop's owner, Herbert Chow, told RTHK officers didn't explain to him what the investigation was about and didn't take anything away from his store. Chinese University Student Union says eight former executive members have been disqualified from various university committees. As Jimmy Choi reports, the representatives were part of the now disbanded student cabinet seized year, which resigned en masse in March following a move by the university to cut ties with it. The university had announced in February that it would stop providing administrative support to the student union, as well as venues for its activities, accusing the newly elected CSGIA of having made false allegations against the university and using the campus to spread political propaganda. In its manifesto, CSGIA had accused the university of kowtowing to the regime. It had also vowed to fight the unjust regime and said the Beijing-imposed national security law infringes on basic human rights and freedom. In a Facebook post, the union said the university notified it that the eight student representatives, including former union president Isaac Lam, had now been disqualified from the various committees. The union said it deeply regretted these personal attacks against the students. It stressed that the university should not deprive any student of their freedom to sit on a university committee to monitor the institution's affairs. A former official who previously set questions for the DSE history exam said this year's paper avoided sensitive issues and was much less challenging. Last year, a controversial question on whether Japan did more good than harm to China from 1900 to 1945 was scrapped. Priscilla Ng reports. In this year's history paper, students were asked about the economic development of Hong Kong between 1900 and 1941 and that of mainland China after 1978. Other topics included relations between the United States and the Soviet Union, as well as World War I and the Paris Peace Conference. Hans Jung, who quit the Hong Kong Examinations and Assessment Authority over the controversy last year, said many of the questions only required students to recite historical facts and did not allow room for discussion. He said questions like these won't be effective in assessing students' ability. 
should present all the views which candidates can understand so that they have the room to do their own analysis and present their own arguments. Because history is not just about the presentation of facts or views that the teachers or the government think it is correct. Uh, history is about helping candidates and give them the opportunity to make their own arguments. So in the question one and two in this in the exam paper in this year, uh, you can uh, you you did not see uh, these kind of questions. Mr. Young said it is quite obvious that authorities wanted to avoid any sensitive issues in order to be politically correct. Radio 3's legendary and record-breaking disc jockey Uncle Ray has decided to hang up his headphones after a broadcasting career spanning more than 70 years. In a statement, Ray Cadero, who's now 96, said he'd put off this moment for as long as possible. But the situation created by the pandemic had now made it inevitable. His last show will be next Friday. Here, in an earlier interview, Ray speaks about a request show for teenagers that he used to host called Lucky Dip. And all the rest get into this lucky barrel, lucky dip barrel. And then uh, I will come around with this lucky dip barrel and they will pick a song, pick a letter, and they will read from from what they, uh, what, what's in the letter. And uh, that's how they, they will, be, well, maybe maybe future DJs, you know, and they can, they can read songs and the, the dedication and all that. And that, that's how they learn their English. RTHK said after Uncle Ray's retirement, Radio 3 will bring listeners a new music programme on May the 17th called Pete's Magical Mystery Tour to be presented by Peter King. India has reported yet another record daily rise in coronavirus infections with more than 400,000 new cases. Official figures showed almost 4,000 people died. The surge of the virus in recent weeks has overwhelmed India's healthcare system. To sports, and Chelsea will face Manchester City in an all-English European Champions League final in the Turkish city of Istanbul later this month. Timo Werner and Mason Mount were on target in Chelsea's 2-0 win over Real Madrid for a 3-1 aggregate victory. Boss Thomas Tuchel called it a huge performance from his team, especially their desire to defend. I'm very grateful to be at the sideline of this team. Um, what another energy, energetic performance full of full of positive attitude, full of hunger. Um, what a spirit um, to show in moments where we needed to suffer in first half and what a reaction in second half. And the heads were never down, heads were always up even after these big chances that we missed. The vaccine manufacturers Pfizer and BioNTech have agreed to supply COVID vaccines to all athletes and delegations participating in the Tokyo Olympic Games beginning in July. The announcement comes after an accord with the International Olympic Committee. Athlete coronavirus immunisation is not compulsory, but the International Olympic Committee is encouraging all athletes to take the jab. And finally to rugby, in one of the worst-kept secrets in the history of the British and Irish Lions, Alan Wynne-Jones has been confirmed as captain for the 2021 tour to South Africa. The veteran Wales lock is the most capped player in the history of international rugby with 157 and has been on three previous Lions tours, playing in their last nine tests and even captaining them once in 2013. And that's the news and sport from RTHK.
Getting us started for the second hour for this late show, Thursday the 6th of May 2021. The penultimate version of Some of the Way with Simon, as tomorrow will be the last ever. Uncle Ray returns on Monday night for one week only. Simon Wilson keeping you company all the way through till one. From now, we've got music of the 50s through 80s. Fingers crossed we've rebooted the phone system and it should be working now. Two double three double eight two six six is the number. As I say, music of the 50s through 80s for another 12 minutes. Then we're going to slow things down with assorted ballads and easy listening and a hint of that late night nostalgia. Right now, though, we're going to rock around the clock. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're gonna rock around the clock tonight. But you should have right, so join me home.
Jackson, seven 